0: to the Perfect Love podcast. Um, I'm super excited to talk about today's topic, which is purity culture. Um, I'm excited because there's a lot of baggage there to unpack. Um, And thank God I have more people to unpack it with besides just myself. Um, Again, I'm Austin. My pronouns are he, him. And we have our lovely guests. Uh, Sarah.
1: I'm not really a guest, I'm more of a co-host, but you know. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's already getting spicy, we haven't even talked about purity yet. Oh my god. You know, we just gotta lean in. (laughs) Um, But yes, as Austin said, I'm Sarah, Um, I co-host this podcast with Austin, Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I am very excited to talk about purity culture, because there's just so much to talk about, and... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But now our actual (laughs) (laughs) guest.
2: Hi, my name is Flower. Uh, I use they them pronouns. And I am also excited to talk about purity culture because it's a a hell of a topic. And um, I think Austin and I are going to bond over uh, being raised like in a Christian homeschool community and I think Sarah and I are gonna bond over being raised in a really fundamentalist community. So you know I already love you too. And so I feel like this is not only going to be a really interesting discussion, but also I just I miss people. Yeah. And I love you guys.
1: Love you too. Heart.
0: That was a terrible heart. I'm trying to make I'm gonna make no
1: hearts on the screen thing. (laughs)
0: That's what we can do. do the perfect love podcast and just do that and it'll be beautiful we're not gonna
2: Mm. i mean i feel like just in general we need to tell each other that we love them more so it's very true i feel like this is the podcast to do it on yeah
1: yeah well if y'all couldn't tell um those of you watching the video recording of this um we're not live this week This is pre-recorded via the magic of Zoom, which we've all become very familiar with during this quarantine season. Um, But we would still love for you guys to comment and ask questions, and we will all be in the comments chatting there, too, when this actually premieres on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, if you're listening to this later, we can't answer your questions in the comments, but we do hope you will still enjoy this. So, that is that. Um, But I did want to ask how everyone is. Like, how is life for y'all right now?
0: Yeah. uh, Life's still crazy. Still happening. Still got COVID. Still got racists. Still got all that stuff. Um, I guess this is right after the 4th of July. So there's that, which was pretty great. Uh, My brother actually proposed on the 4th of July, to his girlfriend, um, she she said yes, um, so that was cool. Um, today is a, a rainy but productive day, uh, and I was, I was just uh, telling Sarah and Flower earlier I have a newfound addiction to TikTok, um, which I just didn't see, but I didn't see it coming. But yeah, there's a lot of car like redoing videos, and those have. Really done for me, but also just a lot of other content that I had no clue existed. So doing pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What about you, Flower? Oh, how am I? That is a complicated question. Um, I'm. We're just going to get real fast. I haven't been great. Like my my mental state is not amazing. Uh, I definitely have been kind of. Uh, leaning into, I don't know, maybe not intentionally leaning in, but I have been leaning into kind of the depression mode of, I am eating a lot of junk, and I'm sleeping a lot during the day, and part of that is just, like, I don't, I'm bored. Gosh, I just don't have anything to do. There's only so many video games that I can play, and just, like, I can't really focus, and so I, I, like, tried to do some reading, but I got about halfway through a book, and that's really all that I have been able to consume in the pandemic, um, but you know, I, I I am trying to keep myself busy. I made some bread today. Um I've been baking a lot of things. Uh, I made scones yesterday and I I made some overnight uh dutch oven bread today that I burnt just a little bit, but the rest of it's really good and it, it's very pretty so I'm pretty
1: proud of that. Nice. I I feel you on the like kind of sleeping a lot during the day and like not being the best, like mentally i I had like a week where I had a solid schedule, and like I was like, yes, I finally have figured out how to like be good during this pandemic. and then it all fell apart, and i I haven't been able to get to sleep till like three or four o'clock in the morning for the last week, and like right. then you know you ha- you have to sleep till like noon or one o'clock to like make up for the sleep and then don't have energy till like you know, around now, (laughs)
2: and, yeah, 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 like, I could really use a nap right now, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. naps, naps at this time are so dangerous for me, it's either gonna be, like, a 30 minute, or I'm gonna wake up, and it's gonna be the morning, like, it's just, I'll just substitute, like, the food and the dinner, I'll just stay asleep on accident, and just, like, wake up in the morning, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely, I've done that,
1: like, I've slept through a lot of meals oh yeah see I've had this weird thing going on where it's like I'll eat one meal when I wake up and then I don't eat again till like midnight or one o'clock in the morning and then I probably consume like twice as many calories as I should and like
2: just oh yeah gosh I mean let's talk about night eating I definitely am a night night binger it's like the calories don't count if nobody can see
1: Right. And like, I'm very much against this idea of counting calories because I think it leads to an unhealthy obsession for me over my food. Yeah. But like, I am also aware that like, I am eating in an unhealthy, like, binge, like, shebang yeah. that's not healthy relationship with food either. Yeah. 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 Oof, yeah. That's
2: definitely my relationship with food right now, too.
1: <laughs> nice to know I'm not alone in that. <laughs>
2: Everything is just so much harder right now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It makes really is. It makes me I, mad.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, th- that's another thing, honestly, where it's just there's so much underlying anger of <laughs> just anger about being bored, anger about not being productive, anger about, of course, literally everything happening in the world right now. But it is a crazy time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I, I don't think there'll be a normal to go back to, but I do think there'll be something we can progress to as far as like something better. Um, but yeah. Well, as much as I'd love to continue talking, I also really want to continue talking about purity culture. So I'm just going to move us along to the next segment, um, which is about you, Flower. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, who you are, what you're doing now, just anything you feel would be important to know, I guess.
2: Um, you know, not too long ago, Sarah basically asked me the same question on a, a different podcast. And and I, I sort of expressed that uh, I think everyone's life is sort of uh, woven. And depending on, on what thread you pull, you kind of see different parts of it. So um, the thread that I'll pull today is kind of on topic of you know, my experience in kind of a fundamentalist, um, very, very conservative uh, growing up kind of thing. So uh, my parents weren't religious when they had kids, um, but they knew that they wanted their kids to be in church because they thought that it was um, like a positive thing. And, And so I, from my brother was actually baptized as a baby. I was not for some reason. I don't know why they decided that. I don't know if they were just like okay circumcised baptized we got it done and then by the time I came around they were like what do you do for a girl I don't know I don't know what was happening um, but I still was raised in the church uh, mostly kind of non-denominational evangelical kind of world um, and then there was a, a kind of a portion of time when I was about seven or eight years old that we uh, didn't have a church like a home church uh, we were sort of vagabonds that There was a time that I was technically homeless for like uh, three months um, because my family just like traveled around the United States in our RV. Um, And eventually we landed in Jacksonville and we got a house. Um, I was very excited about that, mostly because it meant that I could finally adopt a dog. Um, But it also meant that we started to look for churches. And again, we settled at a kind of evangelical, uh, non-denominational church with Baptist roots, Which is actually funny, um, in the house that I live in now, I could literally walk to the church that my old church like splintered off of. Um, And kind of alongside that, I was homeschooled since I was uh, in first grade. Um, There were a lot of things that kind of led to that. Um, I think unlike a lot of homeschoolers, uh, it wasn't religiously motivated. Um, A lot of it actually had to do with me and my brother's mental health not being very good in public school, and um, my mom just deciding that uh, the busy work and uh, tediousness of public school or even private school um, that we went to for a long time wasn't well-suited for our learning. Um, And so I was homeschooled from first grade all the way up through graduation uh, from high school. But with that um, also came a lot of religious and political connotations. Um, If you're out there listening and you know anything about uh, kind of the homeschool community, there really is a lot of it rooted in religion. Um, I think a lot of people choose to homeschool their kids because they don't want them exposed to, you know, the dangers of the world. Um, And while that wasn't my experience at home and that wasn't the motivation for my homeschooling, it was the environment that I was in in co-ops and competitive speech and debate um, with a Christian conservative homeschool organization for a number of years Um, and so while that wasn't the message I was getting from home I definitely was encouraged to think for myself and um, explore my faith on my own the environment that I was in definitely told me you need to believe this and there's no there's no questioning and if you stray from the path you're evil. And uh, I have strayed quite a bit from the path, quote, unquote. Um, Currently, I am studying public health at the University of North Florida. um, But I don't actually plan on going into a field directly related to public health. I'm actually planning on on going to seminary, you know, COVID willing, uh, and becoming a, a pastor. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I am not straight. And as I mentioned before, I use they, them pronouns. I'm genderqueer, um, And that's not usually what pastors look like. So uh, nobody is more surprised than I am that that's the path that I'm on. And every single time I tell somebody, they're like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's great. And you, you kind of hear like their, their voice go up a little like, what? <laughs> what did you just say to me? <laughs> that's insane. Like, yeah, it is insane, but, but it's where I'm going right now. that's the that's the brief history of flower
0: thank you so much for sharing
1: I love the brief history of flower like I've heard it like so like I want to I don't want to say so many times at this point but I've heard it several times and every time I'm like here listening like yes tell me more like let's go it doesn't it doesn't get old I guess is the point (sighs) yeah so kind of bouncing off of that, I I imagine that, of course, growing up in that sort of environment, not necessarily from your home, like, family, but from that co-op, that there was a lot of, like, virtues um, of fundamentalist Christianity placed on you between the co-op and the church, and so I'm sure purity culture became a thing at some point. Oh, yeah, Um, oh,
2: yeah.
1: And for those of you who have made it to this point, and you're like, what is purity culture? What are they talking about? Yeah. Um, purity culture is, and y'all feel free to jump in here and add if you feel like you need to, yeah. a movement that was born out of conservative Christians feeling like there was a lot of sexual liberation happening in the world, and their values weren't being promoted, and that their children were going to be led astray. By this and so they really doubled down on this idea of abstinence but they took it to a new level Mm -hmm. in that it was about being pure of heart and mind and body and soul so not being not dating much not kissing people not casually having really any physical interaction really withholding your sexual desires yourself Um, like masturbation not a thing like that's bad Um, any sort of exploration of your own body was not good. And they marketed it. It became an enterprise that you could buy and sell and that Mm -hmm. there were giant conferences and there were books and people who made a lot of money off of selling this idea of how to be pure. And it was a prosperity gospel, almost of a sexual ethic, because if you followed all the rules, supposedly you would be rewarded with a happy marriage and amazing sex life. But unfortunately, what happened along the way was that people found up, wound up being very ashamed of their bodies and their desires, and so that wasn't fulfilled for a lot of people post-marriage, and those who were, are survivors of sexual assault or just chose to have sex or engage in some sort of physical contact with themselves or others that was seen as bad um, really felt awful about themselves and it caused self-esteem to tank and people to just build very unhealthy relationships with their bodies and other people. Yeah. Um, I think that's the short of what no, purity no. culture. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's
2: super great. good. Um, I love the idea of it being a prosperity gospel of sexual ethic. I mean, if, if you just came up with that term, man, good on you. Uh, I didn't it's, that, it's one
1: I've seen floating around the internet. <laughs>
2: <Just>. <laughs> well, dang, I love I love that. I haven't heard that before, but it it's exactly it exactly describes it, the promise of uh sexual fulfillment and romantic fulfillment in the uh, ultimate singular commitment that you make to one individual of the opposite sex. Yeah. Um I have I have so many thoughts on this, but I do want to kind of jump in and say one thing that is unique a little bit about my background that ties into this. Um, in my opinion, and I think what a lot of people have noticed uh, is that in the 20th century, really this, um, or 21st century, this uh, pu- purity culture has really ramped up. And I feel like in some ways I was at the nexus of that in the kind of Christian homeschool community um, because the book that I think a lot of people think of when they think about purity culture is, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Um, and I personally know the Harris family, um, because of my speech and debate connections, and so it's weird to, like, see the person and then, like, the book that (laughs) sort of spurred a lot of this purity culture, um, kind of side by side, so I, I definitely was, was at the center of a lot of the... I don't want to say sexual revolution, because I think that that sounds like it's liberation, but the uh, purity revolution that happened in the past 20 or so years. Um, and, And yeah, talking about conferences completely about this. I mean, I have a joke that only works in certain contexts of people who know what purity culture is. So here's the joke. I have three original jokes, and one of them I just posted on Instagram. It's great. This is not that one that I posted on Instagram, though. Okay, so I had a purity ring. Uh, I got one when I was I think, 11 or 12. But I lost that one. Yikes. So I got another one, and that one broke, so I don't really know what that says about my purity. <laughs> like I feel like it's saying some sort of message there. <laughs> my other two jokes are puns, by the way. <laughs>
1: Very nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think all of that was just a great kind of glimpse into purity culture. And again, if you want more on that with like more dates and historical context and stuff, the article I posted on the Reconciling Ministry page says a lot about it. It's a very extensive article. It's very long. So uh, if you want that information, you can go check that out. Um, I do think uh, another thing is like, uh, I forgot who said this. Oh, it's in a book I was reading. He was saying, if I'm going to critique anything, I'm going to say, like, two good things about it. I don't have two good things. But I will talk from the perspective of, like, kind of what the purity culture was thinking as well. It, it, it was like an idea of this is a great way to honor God. Like, this, this could be a really good way to, like, serve God. And before we get started, I would like to say, if you choose abstinence as a way of honoring God and your own will, and that's what you decide to do, it's good by you. That's great. Like, you can choose to do that, and it's a good thing. What we're unpacking today is kind of the nasty parts of it, and the shame, and a lot of the ways that it was kind of blown out of proportion, and turned into this thing that was for profit, and, uh, but I I just want to say, as you begin to watch this, if that's something you choose to do, I'm not hating on you. And I, I don't think Flower or Sarah are hating on you. It for them. So it's your choice, sure. whatever. We're just gonna talk about this. And of course, if you have questions, comment. Yeah. DM us, send us a message on Facebook and we'd love to talk, so.
2: And one thing um, that I wanna quickly mention, um, if you want more information about uh, the kind of history of purity culture, Shameless by Nadia Bulls weber goes into a lot of the detail about um, kind of that history and some of the uh, consequences and fallout. Um, I feel like I can actually say some good things about purity culture. I mean, I feel like um, it probably protected me from having sex before I was ready. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people have sex very young and I'm not sure if they are emotionally um, or even physically ready to have that kind of commitment. Um, You know, I think about like my 12 year old self and I wasn't ready yet to have sex then, but I didn't. I didn't have the self determination to say, you know, yes or no. Um, but because that was like the expected, it was something that was never even on the table for me. Um, and so I, I do think that in some ways it protected me from that um, before you know, I was ready.
0: Yeah. So with that, uh, there's actually a question in our uh, discussion segment that we're going into that that kind of speaks to. Um, I'm just going to ask you that if you feel inclined to answer. Um, So do you think the kind of stigma around sex and sexuality and anything regarding that in the church um, and in purity culture led to any poor, like, sex education or just speaking or talking about that in general, like in your own life?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, can we talk about the myth of the hymen? Like, can I just soapbox a little bit here? Go for it. The hymen is not like a, like a sheet of saran wrap that you like puncture. It's not, it's like a, it's like a hood. It's like a little, a little thing that goes right over the vagina. And so when somebody has sex, it can like stretch out. So it makes the hole larger, but it isn't like a a covering. It's not like a cap. Um, And that was definitely one of the pieces of sex education or sex, uh, I guess, miseducation that I was given Mm -hmm. that there's like a hole that you like, stab it it may uh
0: when
2: you have sex
0: yeah the the lack of sexual education in the church but also it's Mm -hmm. in our schools too because there's a lot of power in the church and the schools um it's crazy and like even something like that is like making you feel like you're forever ruined or something after you have sex and it's just it's so strange that it's built to be that Um, but like you said, I mean, it does help with not having sex because you're terrified of everything.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think that, uh, another thing is just like the general lack of education about specifically, uh, female and uh, assigned female birth anatomy. Um, like, I mean, I'm, you told me at the beginning of this that nothing was off limits. So let's talk about Oh, I was 18 when I first found out what the clitoris was and like where it was on my own body. Like that is totally ridiculous. Imagine like not knowing where your pinky is. That's ridiculous. Why is that uh, something that we are not allowed to talk about physical anatomy? Yeah. Because I feel like that doesn't, for one, it's not uh, the same with uh male or assigned male birth anatomy. Um, yeah oh god it just it pisses me off honestly <laughs> super frustrating
0: and it's like we're still doing work now to make these things something that's not uncomfortable to talk about mm-hmm. when it's, it's our own bodies and we we just have a hard time talking about it because it's icky or something because we've been conditioned to believe that this is just icky the whole time from this yeah. this culture um yeah no that's that's crazy
2: I also feel like I didn't know what sex was. Like, um, was I the only one who thought that oral sex meant kissing?
0: I I don't even know. I don't even know what that was. I <laughs> probably- like, I think have
2: distinct memories time. of that.
1: Yeah. So I was an overly inquisitive child. Actually, no, I wasn't overly inquisitive. I was just an inquisitive child. Um, and so I never got a sex talk. I just was told don't have sex. Yeah. And so then I just, like, started reading books. Like, I Mm -hmm. found science books and would read them. And then when I had more questions, I started Googling things. And Googling things is a real quick way to find out lots about lots of things and lots of terminology that you had never heard before, but learn what it is real quick. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's how I found out what oral sex was. Um, so I didn't have the opportunity. (laughs) But, and it's like, I don't remember.
0: In, in going to, like, online sources, so it's, like, in one hand, yes, I understand how purity culture is, like, yeah, let's, let's protect them from things, but it makes us more curious, because it's, sexuality is, like, a part of the human, um, Mm -hmm. and then you're, like, going to these places, like, online, which is just this big world of things, and you can be a child looking for answers, and then you're, like, scarred by something else, and you're, like, oh, god, it's, like, your parents could just sit down with you and talk to you about, like, do you have questions? What is this? Let's talk about it. Like, yeah, but
1: some somewhere we decided that information was going to make people do things. Even though we know abstinence-only education has, it doesn't make you less likely to have sex. It just makes you more likely to get an STD or get pregnant.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah because it, it doesn't talk about that. And oftentimes, like we've already kind of mentioned, it does not respond like a a woman a female body it doesn't respect that at all and it's usually just about oh my god i could just go into a whole rant i'm gonna try to stick to some of these questions because i know I can-
2: <laughs> right yeah now. um put in the comments if you want flower to do an angry sex education video because because i can, will <laughs> you like,
1: can do that and post it this to the is page. a freaking clitoris guys <laughs> <laughs> that's the vagina <laughs> There are these t-shirts that, um, I think it's Lisa Gunger sells, and it's like, Jesus came in the, to the world through a vulva, and I was like, yes, oh, so good, yeah, that
0: yes, oh,
2: cool. I heard a story uh, once of a, a sex education uh, class where the professor started the class, where just, they had all of the students just chant, penis, vulva, penis, vulva, like, over and over again, just to get us used to saying these words yeah. that, like, are almost like worse than swearing, I feel like.
0: I've, I've seen videos of those where like, sex, 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 and they just like say it over and over again. It's really funny to watch, but I get, I get the point.